Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. It is 105 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer joined today by Cam Moon, who of course is one of the Oilers 2 radio play-by-play voices that I have the privilege of working with along with Jack Michaels during the year. Uh, Brennan Escott's out at Elks today. Derek Scott's helping us out. We'll tell you Oilers Now brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer, the ideal place to start your daily vacation. Uh, keep texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, Monday to Saturday. Momentarily, we're going to head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort and Casino open 24-7, 365. Excitement bet on it. As we bring aboard our Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. That's Wilhawk Beef Jerky. We welcome back to the show Marat Atesh. He is a writer uh, for The Athletic out of Winnipeg. He has a, uh, he, I have a feeling it's going to be a very interesting summer for the Jets organization. He's also penned a piece on potential uh, RFA targets. I don't know if there will be any, uh, but uh, we bring Marat back to the show. How you doing? Hey, Bob. I'm doing great. Happy to be back. Always love talking to you. All right. Now, let's start it on the Jets. A lot of people think they're the team to watch here coming up between now and uh, and the start of free agency. Uh, you're there. What's your what's your pulse like on what's going to happen with the Jets organization with the likes of Connor Hellebuck and Pierre-Luc Dubois and Mark Shifley and, and perhaps Blake Wheeler? Like, are we looking at a scenario where, you know, one, two, three, or even all four of those guys could be gone? I mean, it's possible. Where we've started calling them the big four in Winnipeg, all these guys that are either set to be 2024 unrestricted free agents or in Dubois' case, that's as soon as he'd be eligible for it. We've sort of known that there's this bit of a, you know, a deadline day coming up for this organization, but it's coming fast now. And I think that there's a sense of optimism that Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to be moved this summer for sure. And honestly, ideally, likely before the draft, you know, the rumors forever have been about Montreal and certainly he maintains family ties there, charity ties there. It's a, it's a really dear place to him. He spends lots of his uh, off seasons there. Um, but also what he and his camp have done to hopefully make Winnipeg's life a little bit easier is give the Jets a few teams that he might be willing to do a sign and trade to. And to that effect, I'm hearing actually probably Los Angeles is making the most aggressive pitch for Dubois. And I think that's something that happens whether it's to Los Angeles as I expect or otherwise. I think that's something that happens and happens before the draft. The rest, though, Bob, I mean, to talk about Connor Hellebuck informing the Jets, you know, as the Athletic reported, that he's not around long term. Now you get into some real emergency territory because he's been the guy that whenever Winnipeg has struggled has been able to make them into a a playoff team most years and, and competitive at times, too. Yeah, well, it's interesting you mentioned the Kings because Frank Cervalli from Daily Faceoff does a show once a week, and he mentioned the Kings as well, but not for Dubois, for Hellebuck. 
And of course, the Kings, uh, you know, brought in Corpusalo. He played well for, against Edmonton for about three and a half games, and then the Oilers eventually got to him. Um, if they split these guys, I, I would have to think they'd be splitting them up. Uh, by the way, what do you think they're both looking for in terms of? You, you mentioned a sign and trade for Dubois. Do you ever? Do you envision a rough price point on, say, a, uh, for the lack of better, a seven-year term? Like, what what kind of you know price point are we looking at for these guys? I'm imagining in Dubois' case, you're looking at high eights. I'm not sure if you know after uh, moving on from two organizations before his time. Um, you know, teams are going to be in an awful hurry to pay him an incredible amount. But I think high eights, low nines, kind of is is the is the discussion that I'm hearing about in terms of uh, Dubois. Um, in terms of Hellebuck, I'm very interested in that, Bob, because there's a situation in the league where NHL is moving away from these workhorses, like Hellebuck is, and you know, Vegas wins the cup with three goaltenders playing substantial time. A lot of teams have moved on to tandems and otherwise. And here you have Connor Hellebuck, who you can count on to play 65 games a year, and he's a Vezina Trophy candidate. I'm wondering if, you know, now he's 30 years old, is the NHL going to be a bit afraid to pay him one of those 10-plus million seven-year type deals? I would be. That's there's a risk in that, right? We we saw Carey Price. I mean, the goaltender of our you know a generation in Canada, um, you know, probably the last true elite where you could bank on Canada going to the Olympics and he could carry things for you. Um, we saw what happened to him. More of his years have been poorer than not, um, and that's before obviously. I mean, he stepped away from the game. I think that there's when even the best can go down that road. You know, Connor Hellebuck is close to the best. If and there's cases for it. There's tremendous. You don't want to pay him that kind of money heading into 35, 36 years old. Murat Cam Moon here. In the case of, of Hellebuck, how important is it for the Jets to to get a goaltender back? I, I, how deep's the organization is what I'm saying uh, beyond Hellebuck? I mean, it's not. That's that's the short of it. Um, you know, David Riddick was a backup that was signed. Eric Comrie, who they developed, uh, you know, they weren't able to hold on to him because they didn't play him enough games. He became a free agent signed in Buffalo. At the AHL level, it's quality, but not nobody ready to step in. I don't think Arvid Holm is close and Oscar Salmon in the same. Good AHL goaltenders. So Winnipeg would be desperate without Connor Hellebuck, to my way of thinking. And whether that's an unrestricted free agent, let's say that Los Angeles example you mentioned paid off. Well, then Jonas Corposalo is an unrestricted free agent. Um, you know, if there's a cap squeeze in Boston, I wonder about a, a Jeremy Swayman becoming available. Or um, if if moves can be made involving a team like Philadelphia, I, I like the idea of a Carter Hart type. You know, a young goalie hasn't excelled yet, but I think everybody still thinks he will. They need somebody. Uh, they absolutely do. And I think maybe the idea that the NHL has so many tandems means there are going to be free agent goaltenders too. You know, Carolina, Toronto, et cetera. A lot of guys have, have free agent goalies this summer. All day in the Western Conference, you need one. I mean, Cam and me are on that plane all season long, Murat, and it kicks like, hey, it's we're privileged to do it. We're just the broadcasters. But it is a grind, and I think it gets the guys and wears them down in goal. All right, now I'm going to switch focus. So Dubois, i got to tell you, I'm not the biggest Dubois guy. Like, it, it seems to me, first of all, he's never happy, okay? Uh, I wouldn't trade Kirby Doc for Dubois if I was the Montreal Canadiens. You got Kirby Doc for three more years. He's under $4 million bucks a year. I'm not I, – I wouldn't do I wouldn't do that if that was one of the pieces that had to go back. Mark Shifley. 
Is he a different guy now than he was four or five years ago? Do you view him? I mean, you're around that you know that organization on a day-to-day basis all season long. Where and is it a distinct possibility that he could be moved as well? Well, there's a real possibility he could be moved. Um, you know, I'm not sure where they would be at in extension terms, or even how interested Shifley would be at this stage. I'm less certain, though. I got to say, you know, I, I I have more room for Winnipeg and Shifley coming to an agreement than in Dubois' case, obviously, or Hellebuck's case, and I also think they'll move on from Blake Wheeler. But Shifley's time in Winnipeg seems to have three chapters. Chapter one, he's the hockey nerd who everybody loves, and I think that's still his reputation around the league. This guy cares. He studies the game obsessively, works with Adam Oates all the time. That's you know a real big part of his identity. There was a time when Paul Maurice was anointing him, you know, the future captain, Stanley Cups, uh, There'll be statues of him outside of the arena. That was during 2018 when Winnipeg was a competitive team. They went to the conference final. Shively scored all kinds of goals during that playoff run. And I think everybody thought, well, his time had come. Like, this is, this is a very good player reaching absolute star status. And then Chapter 3 is these last few years where something is always going wrong. And whether that's his defensive efforts, uh, which at times have been good, at times they haven't been, or the way that you know his playoffs have ended with injuries, with suspension, it just hasn't been Shifley at his best for an 82-game-plus playoff situation. Still a very good player, but I don't think he should be viewed as untouchable in Winnipeg as he was once upon a time. And I know he's very important to ownership and management and all of that, but I do think that they'll have to listen to, to offers on him too because paying him uh, you know, an enormous contract until he's 38 would be a tremendous risk as well. We've seen it with Blake Wheeler. Mirat, what have you seen from – and give me the update, please, on, on Cole Perfetti. Is is he going to be good to go in the fall? What have you seen from him you know, in his limited time in the NHL so far? Yeah, I mean, both of his NHL seasons have ended prematurely with, uh, with injury. And my understanding is that, you know, the, the ailments that he's dealt with are – done with their history he's gearing up all of those good news sorts of things it's the off season we're always optimistic in the off season um in terms of what he's been able to do on the ice it's been exactly what has been advertised incredible hockey iq he's not a big guy he gets hit he he's not a fast guy he's not turning the corner on anybody but when he's in the offensive zone or defensive zone he just reads plays so quickly that he puts the puck in good and dangerous situations i think it was a real shame he got hurt when he did towards the back half of this season he turned a corner he's putting up most of a point per game in a recent stretch of play and there seemed to be a sense he was building towards something winnipeg desperately needs 82 games of that so he can grow into the player that he's teased in early uh, in early auditions so far you uh you did a piece, uh, Beretta, on uh, on RFA offer sheets, and these tend not to be. Uh, they're usually matched by the team, as you know. Um, the Oilers, until a couple of years ago, I think the Oilers had the last successful offer sheet that the Anaheim did not match. Anaheim was in some cap issues back in 2007 after winning the cup, partially because Brian Burke had signed Tyler or Todd Bertuzzi, who he ended up buying out a year later. Uh, the Oilers got Dustin Penner. A lot of people criticized the move at the time. Uh, Edmonton gave up a first, a second, and a third. Berkey took some shots at Kevin Lowe over that. Kevin reciprocated back and forth on my show in 2008 on the other station. And... Uh, 
And lo and behold, Dustin Penner scored 90 goals over the next four seasons, three and a half seasons, and got Edmonton a number one pick back in a trade that turned out to be Oscar Kleffbaum. The only other one was just Barry Kakaniemi over the last, whatever, uh, 15 years or so. You did a nice piece on RFA offer sheets. Realistically, what do you think uh, the possibility is that we might see one take place this summer? Well, given that more years than not, we don't see it happen, I think we've got to be honest and say it's not a tool that NHL general managers reach for that often. And Kakanyemi, for me, I mean, it's, he's a good example of a lot of things. He's a good example of why maybe NHL GMs have been afraid of, of going to that well. And that, you know, yes, he was a good player, and it, there's tremendous hockey reasons for it as well. But I think we all view it as a little bit of revenge, right? Carolina was upset about Sebastian Ajo, um, the, the sheet with Montreal, and so they went right back at him. They even included a $20 signing bonus for the, for the jersey number of Kotkaniemi, I think, if I've got that right. Um, so, or was it Ajo who wears 20? But it was pointed. It was pointed yes. in that way. Oh, it was quite personal. Uh, yeah, and I think that that's one of the reasons why, as legal and as viable as it is, you don't see it. The other thing that I think they taught was when Montreal tried to sign Ajo, it was a whole bunch of money, especially up front. It was an expensive contract, sure. But Carolina had money, and they had cap space. So it was just a matter of saying, okay, that's a deal that locks up a star player for a long time. We're cool with that. What Carolina did to Montreal was putting them in a really precarious cap position. Kakanyemi isn't Sebastian Ajo, but they did overpay him at $6 million for one year. That set his qualifying offer for the next year. It made him a very expensive player at a time Montreal's cap situation was awful. So if it's going to happen to anybody, I look at teams who are up against the cap, who are struggling uh, to deal with a lack of flexibility, and they've got big money RFAs uh, coming up. Um, And, you know, let's talk about it. What do you think the realism of, you know, if Evan Bouchard gets his money, does Ryan McLeod become a four or five million dollar signing for somebody? I think Edmonton has a couple of really good players available. Well, I think it's the other way. I think if there were to be a player targeted, I think it would be Evan Bouchard. I mean, realistically, the Oilers would probably have, you know, I'm going to say it right now. My expectation is he does a one year deal in the threes, okay? And then he hits the home run next year because if he's on that power play, Murat, all season long, he's getting... He led the playoffs in scoring by defenseman. He had 17 points. He hasn't played in a month. He's on a power play. The, this power play had, did something that hadn't happened in the last 30 years in the league. Four straight years, 25% or better. It has a chance to be 30% again next season. It's got the best three in a 1-3-1 formation with McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Nugent Hopkins that maybe we've ever seen. And now it's got a guy in Bouchard who's got an absolute rocket from the point who's been on power plays his whole life. Like, he could be a 60- or 70-point guy next season. That could actually happen. And you know what? You know who's going to be smiling like a butcher's dog? Jeff Jackson. So if, if I were... an opposition organization and I had the cap space that's the, that's the guy between the two because I think McLeod is limited as to where his offense is going to go you know but I, I think in Bouchard's case he will drive and put up the numbers Marat. I mean on that power play it's historic right and you know there's a there's a line of thinking that okay well he gets to play with those guys but you know and you're the expert on this you see it all the time 
when I tuned in for that playoff action, he was creating. He was yeah. dynamic. He was a, he was an active participant. Obviously, he's not McDavid, Drysdale, Nugent. It's not that, but he was a substantial part of it. And I agree with you. I mean, sixty or seventy points might be completely within his realm. And you saw Tyson Berry produce on that power play. You saw other people have success. And I think Bouchard's got a little bit more more pop in in, in him even then on the power play than that. So, I mean. If you're Edmonton, maybe, I don't know, isn't there some risk in letting him go back to that well and play a full season on it instead of what was it, half a season he got? Um, Quarter season. He got a quarter season on the power play. And he still got up to, what, 40 points at the end of the year. He had back-to-back 40-point seasons, and he only played the final month and a half on the power play. Hey, do you have a best bet for, like, if if would there be a guy out there you would think this is the guy that makes the most logical sense for a team to go after as a restricted free agent? Um, uh, I wonder. You know, a lot of the guys that you hear of as disgruntled where they are, signing them would just give them an opportunity to stay. Like, nobody's going to sign Pierre-Luc Dubois to an offer sheet because, like, that's just, you know, it gives Winnipeg an opportunity to match, and maybe that, I, I'm not sure. But I do wonder about a guy like Alex Debrinkit, for example. Um, you know, rumored to be unhappy in, in Ottawa. I'm not sure what, if that changes with the new ownership group. Um, that's a situation. But for me, it's usually I look at, okay, who's up against it cap-wise uh, and and who uh, who the premier RFAs are. I also wonder about Boston with their cap squeeze going on too. So, you know, it's more unlikely than it's likely. So I, I, I can't even commit to saying, well, this guy for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, Jeff Jackson's got Alex Dabrinkit as well as Evan Boucher. That's interesting. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot. How many of, what do you call them, the big four in Winnipeg? Or how many of them are going to be gone? So when we go in there to play preseason, uh because they're playing, I think we're going to see the Jets fairly early in preseason coming up in September. How many of them are going to, of those players? So the players again, Dubois, well, let's start in goal, the most important position. Hallibuck, uh, Shifley, Dubois, and Wheeler, how many will be gone by the start of next season? My guess is three. My guess is three. I think Dubois is almost a sure thing. I think Wheeler's quite likely. And then while Hellebuck, they could wait, I'm not sure that they will. And Shifley, I think, is the one that I really can't predict quite yet. Hey, thanks for taking time to squeeze us in while you're on the road, all right, Marat? Hey, thanks a lot, Bob. Thanks for having me. You bet. That's Marat Atash. She writes for uh, The Athletic. Uh, We didn't even get into Turkish soccer today. No? No. Wow. I mean... (laughs) What a disappointment. I know that's an area that's right up your wheelhouse. Uh, guests on the show receive gift cards to Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurant. You can book your celebration for the census at jbedmonton.ca. Bob Stoffer, Cam Moon, Derek Scott with you. It's 124 in Edmonton. We'll get to some text when we return on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Uh, Bob Stoffer, Cam Moon with you along with Derek Scott. It's 126 Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. And uh, if you've not heard, Jerome Aginla has been named special advisor to the GM for the Calgary Flames. This is a precursor. I'm going to tell you that right now. Jerome uh, lived in Kelowna this past year. He was at Rink. You know Daly Doug? 
I know Daily Doug. You know Keaton Verhoff? I do. Well, I know of him. Yes. So, uh, anyhow, long story short, Keaton Verhoff, who's the fourth overall pick in the WHL Bantam draft, a six foot four, two hundred pound right shot D, ended up going to Victoria. He lived uh, with Jerome McGinley and Rink. Uh, I believe Jerome's son, the one that was in Seattle, got traded to Kelowna. My guess is, because uh, uh, Jerome's younger boy was on that team uh, with Verhoff, uh, my guess is Jerome stays in Kelowna for one more year and next year becomes the president of the Calgary Flames. That is my prediction. And then at that point, would Jerome's younger son playing in Edmonton. be in Edmonton with the Oil Kings? There you go, right? Yeah. That is, that is, uh, I'm just going to hazard a guess that I could see that happening. Aaron and Hannah says, Bob, the Oilers have the second highest goals against the average of all the playoff teams. It's unacceptable for how much potential this team has now. The window is slowly closing. If they can't patch the crack in the back end, then they'll waste uh, two of the best players in NHL history. Look at Vegas. They don't hold on to players. If they don't perform, they leave. Time for some accountability and hard lessons in Edmonton. Uh, my belief is you'll see the Oilers have a better defensive structure and process next year. They won't finish. Um, oh, they were 17th overall. Now, they were 9th exactly. from, from the time that Matthias Ekholm came in, 13th from midway through the season. Uh, goals against. Hey, we got to do this for Uncle Milt. All right. Uncle Milt from Renton Ridge Ford says advertising on Oilers now works. The phone's been ringing, but they're still in need of quality used vehicles. They're prepared to pay top dollar for trade-ins or outright purchases. Remember, there's a reason Brent Ridge Ford is a 12-time President's Award winner for customer satisfaction. If you want fair treatment during every aspect of your vehicle purchase and ownership, you can reach out to Johnny, Rich, Uncle Milt, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford. 780-352-6048. He's Cam Moon. I'm Bob Stoffer. Derek Scott's with us. And coming up at 135. John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Off to a Global News Weather Traffic Update with Randy Kilburn.